Martini Faith Center. My name is Kim Snow and I will be graduating from Eastern with degrees in horn performance and music education. This fall I will be the music teacher at Simcoe Elementary in Wapato, Washington and I will also be playing horn in the Mid-Columbia Symphonies in Richland and then the Walla Walla Symphony. Thank you once again for all your support. Hi, my name is Braden Beekofer. I am a 2020 grad of Washington State University with a Bachelor of Arts in Criminal Justice and Criminology and a minor in Aerospace Studies. I will be commissioning into the Air Force as a missile officer. We'll be heading to training at Vandenberg Air Force Base in California in September. Aim high and go Cougs! Hello, Jamie Ewan. I just graduated from Eastern Washington University with my Master's in Social Work and I now will be getting a job as a therapist. Well, hello, it's Pastor Cooper. Uh, good morning or good afternoon, wherever you're watching this. And wanted to again do a shout out to our graduates. We saw a few of them um, posting some of their videos before, and there's many more in our church. We wanted to say congratulations and good job. Um, good job in putting the hard work in and being really flexible during this weird time where this rite of passage of graduation and being honored has just looked completely different than what it has traditionally been. And so, we want to say we honor you, we see you, and good job in putting the hard work. So, congratulations. Well, I want to just talk about a few businessy things right now within our church, and then I want to have a time of prayer um, before we go into worship, and then Pastor Mark has the message later on. Um, I believe right now, the church body, we should just be praying, just be reflective, and allow space for the Holy Spirit to start to do some stuff in our own heart. And, this has been a very emotionally charged um, week, and um, I think a lot of us just need the Holy Spirit to just speak to us and just to start this process of reflection um, during, this, during this climate that we're in right now. And so I'm going to do that in a little bit. So I want to talk about a few businessy things. Um, first off, again, we are so grateful for your giving hearts and um, just helping us reach people for the gospel and helping people know Jesus and live for him daily. And that's by you worshiping with your finances. And so thank you so much for your generous hearts. And as a reminder, we have three ways to give. Um, that's online at chinifacecenter.org. Um, you can mail in cash or check to our church address. Um, or you can also text to give by texting to the number there that you see on the screen. Um, again, thank you so much for just partnering with us to help people know Jesus and to live for him daily. Uh, a few other things, um, in, as this summer season hits and begins, uh, we want to make sure that we're all being connected with our communication because this summer there's going to be lots of changes as um, phases happen within our state guidelines with COVID-19. We want to make sure we're all on the same page. So if you have not signed up for our email list, you can do so on our website. Um, we'll send an email out about once a week. Um, we also send it out for our Sunday morning stuff. So maybe that's how you're watching the service. So, hey, you've done it. You're on our email list. Um, but if you haven't, um, please join that. We also have our texting service that you can join um, where you can text the word CFC Church um, to 43506. And that also is another way to get text messages about um, links to maybe reading plans or emails that we're sending out that we feel are very important for our whole church body to see. Um, also, social media. 
Instagram and Facebook. If you have accounts on those platforms, um, friend us, follow us, um, just so you're up to date on what's happening um, as throughout the summer. Um, as state guidelines open up, we're gonna make sure that we are communicating uh, appropriately for just our plan and our strategy and what you can expect during that time. Um, so right now, our, our church is probably praying. So maybe you're watching this in the morning. So from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., um, parking lot prayer. And if that's something you wanna be a part of, we're doing that for a few more weeks, so please join us. You can come for five minutes, you can come for the full two hours. But it's a time of prayer and, and connection because we, we believe that we should be contending in prayer during this time. And so I wanna invite you again um, to that if, um, if you forgot about it or wanna come uh, next week. This week, we've actually also changed our reading plan. Um, we had one already picked out uh, about a month ago, um, but we've changed it just as we as pastors um, are processing through our country and what's going on. We've changed our reading plan to one called Be the Bridge. It's pursuing God's heart for racial reconciliation. Um, and one of the things that we believe and what this, this devotion talks about is how the church should be the first place our culture should look to when it comes to healing and processing um, racial reconciliation and not through the government, not through a lobby and past, but through the church. And that's where conversation should happen. That's where reflection um, should happen, where we just allow the Holy Spirit to root out anything in us that might not be good and might have bias, whatever it might be. And so we want to start that. And um, so this, this reading plan, it's a five-day reading plan, again, called Be the Bridge. It's by an organization called Be the Bridge. And their heart is that the church can be the place to be the bridge for racial reconciliation. And so um, we're going to have that on our website, and we're going to send it out um, via text as well. And so our message is about humility, and we had a reading plan in relation to that, but we feel like this even plays well into the topic of humility, because we must humble ourselves um, before the Lord and allow the Lord, to, through His Holy Spirit, just to um, process on our own heart during this time. And so that is our heart for you. We want to give you a heads up that we're, that we're processing, that we're praying through um, as pastors, um, pastoring you all as our church during this, time, during this time, as well as us. I mean, we are being very much um, just, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to do work in our heart too as pastors during this time because it's needed. It has to start with us as leaders first. And so we are processing, we are praying, and we are allowing the Holy Spirit to root out um, things in our lives that um, we've held that are just not what God's heart is for all people. So we want to let you know about that. Well, right now, I want, to, I want to take a time just to pray before we go into worship and just to get our hearts in a place um, just to respond and to um, be open to his work in that. So right now in your home, um, if, when, when you're watching this, maybe it's with some family or some friends on the watch party, um, just create a space to just be, be with the Lord and to just allow his presence to start to work um, in your home, um, wherever it is that you're watching in your car, um, just to allow the Lord to work. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, we just come before you right now and, and during this, this time of a lot of confusion when it comes to COVID-19, but now um, there's a lot of just hurt and pain. It's just all wrapped in, it's just very, very emotional. And there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of pain, Lord Jesus. And so Holy Spirit right now, I just pray that um, you just 
start to talk to us. You start to minister to us. You start to um, just use what you do, Lord, which is your word and just your presence to um, help us reflect and to be open to you moving in our hearts today, but for the rest of this week and this month and our, our lives, Lord Jesus, that we would be open to your spirit, bringing some things out that we've hidden deep bringing out maybe biases, bringing out things that are not your heart, Lord John, Lord, Lord Jesus. So God, right now in, in, in this space, move. Be present, Lord. You are present, so we just affirm that and we acknowledge that. And God, as we go into a time of worship, let us be open-hearted and have our minds be opened to just your spirit moving. God, that it wouldn't just be us watching it or just whatever, but that we would be engaged in this time, that we would lean in to the worship, lean into the conversations through Mark's message, that we would be, be here right now in this moment, Lord. So Jesus, we give you the praise, we give you the glory, and we give you all the honor. And even right now, um, I just feel like we should just take a few seconds just to, just to, just to kind of yield to the Holy Spirit. And so maybe that's taking a deep breath and just allowing Him to just start to move. And so, just take a moment. Lord God, you are speaking right now and you are moving. And God, it's, it's through you we find healing. It's through you we find peace. It's through you we find justice. Lord God, speak to all of us today. It is your will be done, not ours. Lord, again, we pray this in your mighty, mighty name. Amen. Well, let's, let's worship.
interest for the weak and let faith rise.
look to you as our refuge and as our strength. Lord, you know where each one of us are personally, individually, and you know where our community and our country is, how much we need you, how much we need truth, how much you care about hurting hearts, Lord. That we would pour out our hearts to you and in doing so, remember your faithfulness that we can rest and trust in that, Lord. We thank you that you have all the knowledge and all the power that we, we don't have that strength, we may feel weak, but that we can lean on you in that, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Pray this in your name. Amen. Well, hello, Teeny Face Center. I would normally say, great to see you, but here we are in this really strange time. I'm not used to this yet. I'm still having a challenge not seeing you in front of me to my right and my left and just out front and uh, I'm looking into a lens and um, none of you look like a lens, thank the Lord. Uh, and this is just interesting. These are definitely unprecedented times, aren't they? The other day, Kate and I got an opportunity to talk to her grandma and her grandma is 95, so she's lived a little bit of life. And one of the questions we asked her was, Grandma Kay, have you, have you ever lived through anything like this or experienced anything like this? And she was even younger during the depression. And she said, no, I've never experienced anything like this in my lifetime. So we are definitely living in some unprecedented times. I would say this is kind of like, it's kind of like a once in a lifetime experience for us. Well, at least I hope so. I hope we never have to go through this again. And I was thinking, how do you respond to a once in a lifetime experience? Well, I know how I would respond. I would soak it all in. If I have once in a lifetime experiences, I just soak in everything about the experience. I try to remember everything. I try to treasure it for a lifetime. I just think about that moment and that experience and, and grow from it and learn from it or just have fun in the middle of it if it's a great experience. I know that what we're going through isn't maybe necessarily an experience we all want to go through and it's certainly not something that we would want our entire planet to have to do again. But for a moment, as we are in the middle of this series called Christ Over Corona, I think it's interesting that you and I should probably take advantage of this opportunity, that we should soak up what God wants to speak to us, what he wants to say to us, what, what he wants us to learn, how he wants us to grow, what he's speaking into our relationship right now in the middle of this once-in-a-lifetime experience, even though it's not the kind of experience we would like. See, I believe we can all learn something in the middle of this. In the middle of this moment, this very important moment in history, we can learn some biblical realities about Jesus that the quarantine and even the coronavirus can teach us. And that's the point of this series, Christ over Corona. Now, we've already learned the importance of several things, like owning our faith, the reality of our mortality, that's becoming very real during this time, and the importance of the church. We're definitely learning that the church is very important in all of our lives, and even though we're doing church different, it's important. 
Today, I want to talk about how the coronavirus is teaching us about humility. Humility. See, I think it's very apparent that the coronavirus is humbling all of us. Because the coronavirus, it doesn't care how much money you have. It doesn't care your position of power. It doesn't care what race or gender you are. It doesn't care whether you're famous or not. It doesn't care whether you live. It will attack you whether you're healthy or sick. It doesn't matter. And in that way, it's humbling us. In America, we kind of have a belief, and the belief is we're the best. It's just part of who we are. It's a certain arrogance about us, uh, and I think it manifests itself in our actions and our thoughts on a regular basis. For instance, let me give you one. This summer, we would have held the Summer Olympics had they not been canceled. And as we watch the Olympics, we watch with a certain arrogance, don't we? At least I do. I know I do. Every single event that I watch, I think we should win it. America should win it because we're the best. That's kind of what happens when you live in a great nation and you live with wealth for a long time. It shapes your mindset. And I think that we've all had our mindset shaped a little bit as a result of that. Now the coronavirus has attacked our nation. And just because we're the wealthiest nation and maybe we have some of the best medical resources on the planet, it doesn't matter. As a result, that is humbling us. Now this is important. This is a good reminder during this time because humility is an important quality for us to have in our lives and as believers in Jesus Christ. And the coronavirus is teaching us to be humble instead of arrogant. Think with me for a moment about Jesus. When Jesus came to earth, he came humbly. He didn't come in power with all of heaven's armies. He came in humility. He came born to very humble parents, even though he was the king of kings. He was born in a stable with a bunch of animals. He was laid in a feed trough, not in a golden crib in a palace. He grew up the son of a carpenter in a small, remote northern village in Israel. He also worked very hard. For most of his life, till he was 30, he worked very hard with his hands and made a living working hard. And when he began his ministry and began to proclaim the good news of God, he even did that in a humble way. There are multiple times where Jesus would do a miracle. And do you remember what he would always say after he did a miracle? Hey, don't tell anybody about this. And the person's like ecstatic. Their whole life has been changed and healed and it's awesome. And Jesus is like, hey, hey don't tell anybody. Let's just keep this on the down low. Humble. He was living a very humble way. And if you go to the end of his life, we discover what? A very humble death. Stripped naked, nailed to a cross for you and me in a very, very humble way. This is extraordinary. The most powerful person to ever set foot on our planet lived a very humble life. Now, what was Jesus saying? What was he teaching? What was he modeling? I think he was modeling something very important for us 
as followers of God. And that is that arrogance is a human quality. Humility is a godly quality. And he calls us to live in humility. To live a humble life, not a flashy life. Our pursuit should not be the pleasures of this world, but the humility of walking with creator God. I'd like us to look at three observations about humility from God's word that we can discover. Just three quick things this morning or this afternoon or this evening or whenever you're watching. The first is this, that humility is an attribute of the people of God. As you read through the New Testament and the church and the people of God are growing and beginning to learn to do life together, you will see verses, a lot of verses like the two that I'm going to share with you now. Ephesians 4.2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You'll find verses like this scattered all throughout the New Testament, and humility is often in this list. Why? Because humility is an attribute of the people of God, and humility is our identity as the people of God. It's part of our, our identity as the church of Jesus Christ and our identity individually as a follower of Jesus. Now, what does it mean to be humble with others? What does it mean? It means to be courteous and polite, respectful, obliging, submissive. It means to put others above ourselves. This is what it means to be humble. Now, this is just one of the attributes that is meant to be a part of the relationships that you and I form in the church as the people of God. We're not meant to be a group of people that are rude and selfish, unforgiving, gossipy, angry, and hurtful with one another. That's, that's not our identity. See, when the world looks at us, they should be able to say, I want to be a part of that group. Man, I, I like those people. They sure are kind and compassionate and humble with one another. I think I might want to go hang out with them more often. See, our humility with one another in the church helps the world desire what we have in Christ. Now, in the middle of this unprecedented time, the coronavirus has made it impossible for us to meet on Sunday mornings. On Sunday mornings, it would have been a normal time for us to meet together and show humility towards one another. But the reality is, Humility isn't one of those things that is only a Sunday morning thing. In fact, it's much more something that we do in just in regular daily life with one another. What we do throughout the week, how we respond to one another and how we treat one another in public. And it's much more something that we do outside of our building and that people see just as our persona and as our, our just how we carry ourselves. We're a humble person instead of an arrogant person. And so right now we're doing life as a church very different. We're in these creative relational environments that meet all throughout the work week. And we're having Zoom meetings and we're meeting with one another on the screen like you and I are doing right now. And that's much more of a challenge. But they can still see our humility in those creative connections. 
During those times of encouragement and studying God's word and prayer and just doing life together, they get to see us be humble. It's in these contexts that our humility is really seen and developed. Another place that I believe the world is really getting to see our our humility right now is on social media. So let me ask you a question. Do people see a humble person in your social media or do they see an arrogant person? See, our comments and our posts, our videos, and especially what we like on social media will declare to the world whether I am humble or arrogant. So I want to encourage you, during this time when social media is really the way the world is looking at one another and interacting with one another, would you communicate humility in that, in that place, on that social media place, so that the world can see Jesus in you? See, humility is an attribute of the people of God. And when we model it well, people see Jesus in us. Second, humility helps us value others above ourselves. Now, this, this is a trait of Jesus Christ. It's now a trait of you and I because we are his followers. In Philippians chapter 2, which is, by the way, one of the best sections of scripture about the humility of Jesus going to the cross for us. As that section is beginning, Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Now, I think the coronavirus is helping us value others above ourselves. And I should say, in particular, the quarantine. For instance, I don't have the coronavirus right now. I hope not to get it. But... For the sake of others who are more vulnerable than me, I will quarantine. So in humility, I will put others above myself. Now, I could say, right, I'm healthy. I'm tired of sitting at home. I'm bored. You know what? Forget this. I'm going to go do whatever I want. So I could selfishly begin to say, I'm going to go do whatever the governor tells me not to do. And I'm going to go places and I might pick up the coronavirus. And then maybe we have dinner with my mom and I give it to, I give it to my mom and my mom is older and, and it would not be good for her to get the coronavirus. In that way, I I would be selfish. And so in this moment, I think we are getting an opportunity to figure out what it means to serve others above ourselves. See, the life of a believer in Jesus Christ is to do just that, to put others above ourselves. We make sacrifices for others. We put our own agenda, our own desires, and sometimes even our own rights aside to do what's best for others. Arrogance does the opposite. When we are arrogant, we put our own desires before others and we act selfishly. Instead of serving others, we serve ourselves. And I think this moment is giving us an opportunity to think about all that. Now, I want to bring a little balance to this because we're in an interesting time. I don't want to ignore the challenge that we are all facing at this point of the quarantine in regards 
to this humility. So you're probably feeling like protecting people and that public safety is, is important and so you're humbly wanting to serve others in this way, therefore you are obeying the quarantine and you probably want to keep the people safe around you that you love. But you might also know lots of people that are really struggling as a result of the quarantine. Because maybe they've been fired, maybe they've been laid off from their job, or their business has been ruined. Maybe their economic situation is very serious right now. And as they move forward as a result of the quarantine, and as a result of what's happening right now, their life might be completely different, and it might be very, very challenging. We see that. Right here in Spokane County, where the coronavirus hasn't hit us really hard, even in our county, as a result of the quarantine, Abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse, uh, parent to child, domestic violence, all of this type of abuse, alcohol, drug addiction, all of it is on the rise. It's way up, way up. Abortions have increased right now during this time. Suicides are becoming more frequent. All of these things are happening as a result of the quarantine. So as we desire to be humble and put others above ourselves, we have a challenge. Do we end the quarantine so we can humbly serve those that are struggling due to the quarantine? Or do we continue quarantining to protect the delicate balance of our health as a whole? This is our challenge. I'm challenged with it all the time. I'm sure you are too. And honestly, I'm not sure there's really a right or wrong answer here. But there is one thing I know, and it's this. God has not called us to live in fear. He's called us to live in faith. And when you and I live humbly and walk humbly with our God and value others above ourselves, there is always an opportunity to live out our faith instead of being afraid. So I want to encourage you. Let's just trust the Lord in the middle of this time. Now some of us will choose to do different things and that'll be okay. We'll have, to, we'll have to just trust the Lord that we're honoring him. But let's not live in fear, even if we're choosing to quarantine. Let's choose to say, Jesus, you modeled humility for us. And so I'll model humility as well. See, humility helps us value others above ourselves. Well, hello, Cheney Face Center. As you can see, I'm interrupting my own message just for a moment. Uh, I want to tell you why I'm interrupting. I recorded this message about the teaching on humility several weeks ago, and um, I wanted to let you know something very important uh, right now in the point of my message that I'm talking about. We're talking about humility and the point that you just listened to and that I'm making this morning is that part of our humility, according to God's word, is putting others above ourselves. And I think that right in this moment where our country is divided, where we are once again bringing up the issue of race, that we need to understand as believers that our stance as Christians and as people of God 
is to be humble and that there really isn't any place in the heart of a follower of Christ to hate anyone else for any issue, race, privilege, economics, status, whatever it might be. Uh, that's just not something that is in the life or in the thoughts or in the heart of a believer. And I also wanted you to know I took some specific time to address that in another video. You may have seen it posted on something this week, but I wanted you to know that on our YouTube channel, Cheney Face Center's YouTube channel, you can go and you can watch that video. It's just uh, a, a couple minutes of me explaining some biblical things and some biblical thoughts about what our stance is in regards to the things that we're seeing in our culture right now. And so I want to encourage you to watch that. You could even stop the video right now and you could go watch that and then come back to the third point about the teaching on humility, or you can watch it after this video. I just wanted to bring it up and I just wanted to interrupt for a minute because this, we're, we're in a, a time where we need to think about that and process it and honor the Holy Spirit in our lives in the middle of it. Well, thanks for letting me interrupt myself just for a moment uh, and have a great day. Third, humility is our posture before God. We're called to, to humbly walk with the Lord. James 4.10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. 1 Peter 5.6 says, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, these verses communicate this very real reality, that our posture before God is one of humility. Now, James takes time in chapter 4 to really flush this out. And if you look at the context of James chapter 4, you will discover that James is modeling a life of humility and how that when you and I live a life of humility before God, we get to experience some really cool blessings from the Lord. Let me share that with you. I want to read the context because the context of these verses give us their full meaning and this full understanding of having humility in our relationship with God and making it our posture with God. I'm going to start at verse 1. I'm going to read through verse 10. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation because it communicates it in such a really uh, powerful way. What is the cause of your conflicts and quarrels with each other? Doesn't the battle begin inside of you as you fight to have your own way and fulfill your own desires? You jealously want what others have, so you begin to see yourself as better than others. You scheme with envy and harm others to selfishly obtain what you crave. That's why you quarrel and fight. And all the time you don't obtain what you want because you won't ask God for it. And if you ask, you won't receive it for you're asking with corrupt motives, seeking only to fulfill your own selfish desires. You have become spiritual adulterers who are having an affair, an unholy relationship with the world. Don't you know that flirting with the world's values places you at odds with God? Whoever chooses to be the world's friend makes himself God's enemy. Does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit that God breathes into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us? But he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. For it says, 
God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. So then, surrender to God. Stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will turn and run away from you. Make your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. But make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. Feel the pain of your sin. Be sorrowful and weep. Let your joking around... Yeah, let your joking around be turned into mourning and your joy into deep humiliation. Be willing to be made low before the Lord and he will exalt you. Now James, boy, he he gets right to the point often, doesn't he? He's pretty black and white. But he also paints this incredible picture of our life. How sometimes at the beginning of the section, we can often live just very selfishly. And we want what we want. We want our own desires. But that's not how God desires for us to live. He wants us to live in this place of humility and that our posture towards him is one of humility. That God is God and I am not and we must come to him in humility and continue to work on our relationship with him. But we can often get caught up thinking and acting like the world, James says. And when we do, we act selfishly, we want our own way, and God doesn't give us what we selfishly want because he knows that they're not things we need. They're not things that are good for us, and so we don't end up getting them. But when we decide we want to draw close to God, James says something really cool happens. When we decide that this world just doesn't have what we, what we need and what we want, and when we recognize humbly that this is God's world, God's creation, and God has a plan for me and that we want to be in relationship with God. When we realize that, all we have to do is decide to draw close to him. And an amazing thing happens. God is right there waiting and he immediately draws close to us because he's desiring relationship with us. When we turn away from our lifestyles that don't honor him, all we need to do is humble ourselves. And James is clear. In in response to our humility and in response to our confession, God immediately pours out grace. And more grace and more grace, James says, in order to bring our relationship with God close and to make us right again. With him. This is what it means to have a posture of humility before God. It means we recognize our faults and humbly confess them to God and allow his grace to rule our life. Instead of sin ruling our life, instead of selfishness ruling our life, God's grace rules our life. Now, this is good news. This is really good news because. What James is saying is exactly what we need because none of us are perfect and we all have moments of failure and we all have moments of straying away from the Lord. But what James is saying is I want you to hear something. God's not going anywhere. He wants relationship with us. 
And he's waiting right there to just restore the relationship, draw close right away, pour out grace into our life. The moment that we posture ourselves in a stance of humility and say, God, I'm drawing close to you. Here's how I failed. Would you forgive me? He immediately, in an instant, floods our life with grace and kindness and love and forgiveness. And we once again are restored to God. When we do that, humility becomes a part of our life because humility needs to be our posture before God. Now this season, this this time in our life is helping us live like Jesus. It's helping us put others above ourselves to to make humility an attribute of our life and of the people of God and, and to humbly give our lives to the Lord. See, humility is an attribute of God's people and we need to live in it. Humility is going to help us value others above ourselves and that's why Jesus wanted us to walk in a humble way. And humility is our posture before God. It's the way we see ourselves before him and it's the way we approach him to receive all of his wonderful blessings in our life. Would you pray with me as we close? Just in a quick moment of prayer. And I just want to seal these things that we've talked about and, and just trust that God's word is impacting you this morning in a powerful way. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for uh, an opportunity to be in your word this morning. Thank you for what we've learned, what we've seen, what we've discussed, and these powerful things that you've taught us about humility and the ways that you want us to live. Thank you, Jesus, that you modeled that for us, that when you came, you lived a humble life and you modeled that for us and you modeled the importance of a simple and honest, authentic, real relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. Jesus, I pray that as you've now poured out your Holy Spirit in our generation, that we would do just that. We would live humbly in the strength and power of the Holy Spirit and walk humbly with you. Not letting anything ever get in the way, but to posture ourselves in a humble way so that our relationship with you will always be close and wonderful. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to respond to what the Lord's saying and speaking to you right now, we have two ways that you can do that. The first one is maybe this morning you're saying, you know, I haven't done a very good job in my life at all of posturing myself in a humble way before God. Now that's always the first step in a relationship with Jesus Christ. When you say, I believe in Jesus, I recognize I'm not my own savior, that he is my personal savior, and I need to humble myself before him. This is a great way to respond to that, to humbly posture yourself before God. If you wanna do that this morning and you wanna humbly posture yourself before God and start a relationship with him, I'm gonna ask you to text all one word, I said yes to 43506. Someone will get in touch with you and talk with you about how to continue your relationship with Jesus. And then second, you may just say, man, I just need to talk to someone. 
this week's been tough. This, this quarantine's been tough for me. Uh, this message has revealed some things to me and opened some things up. I just need to talk to someone. If that's how you feel too, could you text all one word, I need to talk to 43506 and someone will get back to you. Well, I hope you've had a great time just watching this morning, studying the word with me. And then lastly, I wanna remind you that uh, we've all been studying God's word throughout the week in our YouVersion Bible studies. And our next YouVersion Bible study will be about humility. You can go and find the link for that Bible study on our website. It will also be texted out and emailed out. So I hope you are on our text databases and our email databases. And that will allow you to get those, that communication. And um, so I hope you're having a great time just studying the Bible with your Zoom connections and your life teams throughout the week. I know I certainly am, and I hope you are too. Well, always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. Have a great week.